This is Grown Up With Kids, the parenting and marriage podcast that gives a weekly dose of encouragement, wisdom, and humor for people trying their best to live, love, and laugh more with their families. Thanks for joining us. Hey, hey, today we discuss struggling through parenting anxiety. A few tears were shed, but we still managed to joke around about eating yellow snow. I didn't eat the snow, though. Welcome to the Grown Up With Kids <laughs> podcast. You're always surprising to me. In every way, Rachel. In all the ways, absolutely. Every way. How you doing today? It's, uh, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are headed out of a pandemic and that's nice. We were just Except discussing it that it stinks because we're not like in the pandemic all the way. And mm-hmm. so we don't, but we don't have the luxuries of not being in a pandemic. Yeah. Like kids going to school life. every day. Kids going to school. Eating in the restaurant. Right. Um, yeah. So it's sort of like the worst of both worlds. Like our life is picking up as if there's no pandemic, but we still have no support systems. Yeah. So, you know, here we are. So welcome to this happy podcast. <laughs> We're going to lift your spirits. I have a good lift spirit. <laughs> what? A spirit lifter. You know, as I'm aging, I do feel like my words are getting mixed up. Uh-huh. I, yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay, so the spirit lifter. I would argue yeah, what 24-year-old you. Of course you would. All right, I won't argue. 24, 24-year-old me also got her words mixed up. Nah. Just not as frequently as now. <laughs> Okay, so we went skiing last week, and um, one of our kids went down a blue, which was super fun. So this is the first time our family has been skiing. And our kids. You, our and I, kids. you and I both grew up skiing. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so one of our kids was super excited. He was skiing down a blue, which was the first one of the day. Is that right? That was actually the second run. that I, I didn't want to record the first run because I didn't know how... <laughs> How so. good or bad it would be. He had been doing greens for a day and a half, and then I talked him into doing the blue. First run wasn't bad, but it was, there were more falls. So then the second run, I felt more confident of doing a video. Yep. So you did a video. Yeah. I, I watched the video later, and it's literally our son, like, big smile at the front end. He goes down. Yeah. He's doing great. He's doing great. <laughs> like, just <laughs> plops out. Like, just, like, tips over. I think we need to post this or, like, block out our son's, like, face and post this. I... It was hilarious. It was pretty funny. Um, did you? Uh, did any of our kids eat any snow? <laughs> no. One of our kids asked, can I eat this snow? And I was like, no, uh, that's not a good idea. And he was like, well, um, it's not yellow. And I was like, yeah, I know. We're not going to eat snow. And then he's like, okay. And he kind of like thinks about it for a second. And he's like, can I pee in the snow? <laughs> like, he has to have, like, some impact on the snow. <laughs> I was like, we're not going to pee in the snow in the middle of a resort. Nope. One, I'm proud that he knows you don't eat yellow snow. Yeah. Big win. <laughs> but two, it's hilarious that he thinks any snow you can't eat also should be yellow. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they don't have to both be true. Yeah, those don't go hand in hand. <laughs> uh, what's funny is... 
Um, after you left the ski hill, uh, one of our other kids did eat snow the whole ride up the. <laughs> he like found it in his, you know, sleeves, and he would just sit there eating it. Oh man! Tons of nutrition. <laughs> yeah, loads. All right, uh, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna shift it up on you. I thought okay. you were gonna say I'm gonna shimmy around. I'm gonna shimmy around. Do it. The whole thing. We're gonna go straight to the set of the week. Okay. And we're gonna talk about the set of the week because it's gonna be our topic for the day. Great. Look at that. Stat. Of the week. Here's what I want to talk about. Anxiety. I feel Ugh. a lot of anxiety right now. Me too. So, again, uplifting. Um, so, I'm going to start with a stat. Um, what do you think is the percentage of American adults? Are you trying to look at my numbers? Yes. Are you trying to cheat? Yeah, because... Everybody knows when I'm so dumb. <laughs> I'll be like 98%. You're like, nope, four. You are threatening the integrity of this national institution, <laughs> the stat of the week, I by know. looking over my shoulder. Okay, I'm ready. Do it. It's, and here's the funny part is you probably couldn't read my handwriting anyways. That's true. <laughs> I'll just show it to you. You can't even, <laughs> what does that say? Who knows? You're right. I can't actually read it. All okay, right. go ahead. In January 2021, what percentage of um, U.S. adults... I just want to make sure I get this right. Uh, reported symptoms of anxiety disorder and or dispre- depressive disorder. In January of 2021. Oh, man. I bet it's high, like 75% lower. Um, you just gave me a thumbs down. Does that mean I was wrong or does that mean it's lower? I was trying to do it subtly <laughs> since this is a verbal medium that maybe you could be like, oh, no, I think it's lower. But the jig is up. <laughs> The integrity's the gone. Rachel is the most transparent person you know. <laughs> I saw your thumb. Uh, it's less okay. than 50%. Less than 50 Okay, so I'm still going to go on the high end of that. So like 40 45%, something like that. 41 Yeah, man. That's a lot. Guess what the average was between January and June of 2019. So 41 is two months ago. Yep. And what do you think a year, a year and a half and ago was? Uh, probably lower. I'm going to say 20%. 11. No way. It's almost four times higher during the pandemic. Oh, my gosh. No wonder we feel so bad. Yeah, a couple other stats for you. So pre-pandemic, suicide was the number 10 cause of death among 12 to 17-year-olds. During the pandemic, it's number two. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and it's hard to measure. Yeah, go ahead. Well, Part of it is probably there are fewer deaths from other things, <laughs> such as like car accidents, um, right? Because you're not going out. But part of it is that there's probably a rise in depression and other things that lead to suicidal thoughts and suicidal actions. Um, it's hard to measure some of those things because a lot of those things get measured in school or caught in school, like uh, depression. And m- many kids are not in school and they're not getting those resources. Um, and then another one, so anxiety. Um, among parents or people living with children. They don't necessarily have to be parents. Um, Adults, what do you think the percentage of men and women dealing with anxiety are who have children in the home? I'm going to, I mean, (laughs) I'm going to go high here. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I'll stay in our 50% sort of like range, but I would say again, like on the high end, maybe like, I would even say maybe 50 to 55%. Is that fair? So in our ongoing discussion of how life is not fair for women, it's 49% of women and 40% of men. Man. 
So that's share of adults in households with children under the age of 18 who report symptoms of anxiety or depressive disorder during the pandemic. 49% of women, 40% of men, uh, 41% overall have anxiety disorder or depressive disorder as of January 2021. Anyway, it's been a hard year. It's been a hard year. That means that half the people that you interact with or like walk by in the grocery store are likely dealing with some level of anxiety. Yeah, that's right. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and it's, um, yeah. Uh, so I want to talk about our anxiety. Like that sets the stage that this is an ongoing thing. I'm sure many of our listeners are wrestling with different types of anxiety. It could be economic, it could be health related, it could just be the stress of not being able to go out and socialize or to have your kids in the home most of the time. Um, or you may have a spouse working, you know, on the front lines or what have you. There's all kinds of things, um, or you might be working on the front lines. Um, all reasons for anxiety. I think um, the one silver lining among all the bleakness, if you will, or the hard parts of the pandemic for us was a slowdown in activity. And we sort of alluded to this earlier where our kids weren't involved. There were no sports for them to play most of the last year. Uh, they didn't have a lot of things we needed to run them around to get to. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they were also weren't going to school full-time. Um, they're in a hybrid model. Uh, but it, it did create some space for our family. Mm-hmm. Is that a good way to say that? And more time uh, together and just less hurry. And we are now looking... What looks like the end of the pandemic coming if, you know, the vaccines continue to roll out at the same speed, if they're actually as effective with variants and all those sorts of things, where people are are starting to feel some excitement and some relief. And so we're starting to see these activities pick up. We have two kids playing sports right now. We have two kids who are involved in like a volunteer slash paid job thing. Yeah. And it requires all this paperwork and it requires all this signing up and ordering and cleats. more passwords, more effing passwords. Ah! <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> I mean, I just, I don't want, you know, to murder someone right now. <laughs> but when I tried to log into this whole like system for referees to sign up, I was, it was, it, it was, was not real good. ugly. It was not good. It was really ugly. <laughs> So I feel, mashing of teeth, if you will. <laughs> yeah. So I feel that, and I, I don't know. I, I think that's also true at work, where there is a sense in my work, and and I believe in your work as well, where there's kind of this expectation of getting back to normal, and there's a lot to do, and there's more activity than there was um, six months ago in our industries, and uh, so there's that. level of stress. I think our kids are really pushing to do more um, because they've just felt antsy because it has been six or nine months. Last summer, we didn't really, again, silver lining in a very difficult time. We didn't have to try to figure out uh, camps and where they're going to go and all that sort of stuff. We were also in a different situation where you were not working full time, which was a luxury. Now we're like, we got to find things for them to do. We got to get them interested in them. Yeah. <laughs> we got to sign up. We got to find the money, all those things. It just feels, I feel a lot of anxiety because 
we're back into program management for them yeah. at a really high level. And we, I don't have any practice for the last year. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think the other piece of that is that we don't have actual support systems that are fully functioning yet. Mm-hmm. So like we can say, okay, like let's schedule the summer and get everything taken care of. Everybody's going to have a great time, but we actually don't have in-person camps, for instance. Like there aren't, there's not a full array of options or things have shut down. And so it's much more difficult to navigate. So we don't have that. And then we're also going on a year of um, like just we, we have been the sole initiators for our kids and we're exhausted yeah. from it. Like I can't initiate another thing. And that goes everything from like the fundings and being like that movie, the new movie out yesterday. Have you heard of this? Uh, I saw the trailer on Netflix. Is okay, it? yeah. So I haven't seen it. I've seen the trailer, and it looks ridiculous to me because it's on. It goes on this premise that like that parents say no all the time, and they should have a yes day. I feel like a yes Wait. day would break me. Is a yes day where the kids can ask for anything, and the parents have to say yes? Yeah. That's a terrible idea. Isn't it? It makes me so angry to see this movie. I haven't even, we haven't talked about this, but I feel like every blessed day is me trying to say yes, because I am so tired. All I want to do is say no and go to bed, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I just, um, I revolt against that movie right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which we have not seen. Which we have but not is, seen. I'm and sure maybe there's well, I'm sure there's like a redemptive story at the end where yesterday actually isn't healthy. That's what I'm hoping for. Or no. like it's probably to shame parents. Yeah, I That's think, what the, I think. The, the the ending's gonna be, Oh, I should say yes more. This was so great. Yeah, like, oh, I get to really see my kids because I said yes more. That's okay. We should watch the movie and we'll come revisit this. Yeah. Do you feel uh, a lot of guilt right now? Tons. Like, so much I could cry. <laughs> yeah. I feel like um, the weight, like, when you say yes day and the frustration with that is that we're caring more. And I want to be clear. I think, at least in our setting, the people in the schools and our teachers are, like, carrying heavy, heavy weights and, like, doing a really amazing job. But the truth of the matter is our kids are in our house half the time now. It was full time in the fall and in the spring last year. And we had to help them figure that out. And we had to be present. And we have had to sort of manage some of that. And I think all three of our kids, they're very different stages, uh, very different sort of like what I'll call proclivity in terms of how much interest they have in school and different subjects. Uh, and all three of them are struggling. Mm-hmm. Right, like, and that's not a statement on them. It's just it's a really hard environment to learn mm-hmm. remotely, and then it's really hard to bounce back and forth one week in the building and one week outside of the building. And I, as a parent, that weighs heavy on me. Where I'm wondering, was I supposed to do more? But I don't know like how to handle all these things. We talked about yeah. sign-ins. They have like five different logins and that's just the beginning of it. Some of them are doing schoolwork I don't even understand anymore <laughs> above my head or even, uh, you know, the reading and math and some of the basic stuff that you'd be like, oh, you should know how to do fourth grade math or whatever. They just do it differently now. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I don't get it. Yeah. So I just, that's where I feel as if, I'm supposed to be better at that, and I just am not, and I cannot get my head around it. I think that what you said, like, I think right now the guilt I feel is looking back at the year and saying, 
did I do enough? Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if I did, but I did the best that I could. But it's hard to crawl myself out of that hole. Yeah. Especially, well, I guess, especially when you have like, like kids are re-entering the schools right now, and the expectations of the teachers are different than what could have happened mm-hmm. this year. Or maybe it could have happened, and I just couldn't do it. Like, yeah. I think that's the, that's I, the tricky part right now. Is like there are all these skewed expectations, and like it's hard to it's just hard to navigate yeah. as a parent. And the guilt is killer and tough to work through to say, did I do enough? Yeah, I there. I believe there's plenty of data out there showing that on the whole, kids are struggling. Um, academically, and that they're suffering, um, and that this is having impacts. We just talked about the perspective from anxiety, and then the most, you know, the worst case, which is suicide. Um, right. Uh, so I think that those are good questions to ask, like, what could we be doing, and what, where could we do more, and where can we not? Um, but I guess I would, and I... I don't want to be too like nonchalant about it, but I just would push back on the guilt and the feeling of, oh, I should have done more because we're all doing a ton. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone listening to this is working their butt off this year. And <laughs> don't you want someone to say that to you, though? I think that's what I'm craving right now for someone to like, someone in authority who sees my kids and someone who's able to say, how you did a really great job in a tough situation. Yeah. You know, like I'm not getting the positive feedback that I need to like to sort of combat a lot of that guilt and the shame and the fear that I didn't do enough. Like I just need a couple people to be in my corner other than you. I mean, you're in my corner I, and I don't you know. count, <laughs> but like educators like to say, man, I see you, I see your kid and you're working hard without critique, without like you yeah, should no be doing buts. this. No <laughs> buts. Just, you're working really hard, and I see that this is difficult, you yeah. know? Well, yeah. I know it doesn't matter because I'm your husband. Yeah, but it doesn't. I do. Your compliments don't count. <laughs> I want to say out loud uh, that you are doing real, like, serious hero work as a mom and as a wife. And I think that, you know, the message I hear from what you just said is that you and I need to speak that into each other's lives, but also need to speak that into other parents and friends' um, lives. Mm -hmm. And then anyone listening, if you're looking for a way to make a difference this week, like go to someone you know well and give them that encouragement without a but and without a critique and say, hey, you're doing the job you're called to do. You're being the mom, you're being the dad, you're being the husband, the wife. Um, that you need to be, and you're loving your kids faithfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, not perfectly, but faithfully, and good job. And I see you, and, you know, I'm proud of you. Yeah. I do feel like this brings me to my knees in need of a real God who sees my kids beyond me, like beyond what I do and don't do. Mm-hmm. I Like, I don't know how to wrestle down this guilt. Um, and... To, like it, it's just really hard to wrap my head around whether or not I'm doing a good job without a real God who loves me and loves them and does things for them and with them that I would have never dreamt of because he's a real savior, you know, um, and has 
vision for them that I can't possibly have. Yeah. Was that it? <laughs> Are we done crying? I think that's a good place to stop. I'm uncomfortable <laughs> with real emotions, Rachel. Can we end on something slightly funnier? Yeah, do you have anything funny right now? I don't know if it's going to be funny or not, but we'll give it a shot. Is it the hot tub story? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. We'll save that one for <laughs> like a decade from now when it's not so <laughs> so personal. So you guys will have to wait. Come oh back my gosh. for episode 3000. Well, now this is just cruel. Um, so, no, we were away for a few days playing some family games, and I just found joy in how fiercely competitive... <laughs> And how oddly excited you got because we taught you how to play Texas Hold'em. <laughs> yeah. It was so fun. It was so you fun. love winning. <laughs> I do. And the irony is when we were first married, we went to a casino together and I lost $100 and you were mad about it for like three hours. Because the way I view it, I look Three at, sweaters. Yeah, I was like, oh, I could buy a sweater with that or a pair of shoes with that or like there are all these things that are more valuable than throwing your money on a table and saying goodbye. Yeah, but you got the bug this past week. It was really fun. I'm not very good at it, but um, once I made my cheat sheet, then I was yes, better. You were very good. Thank you. <laughs> And the kids liked it too. Should we admit that that we taught yeah, the kids? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we weren't playing with real money. We had chips and chips and dips. Chips and dips. <laughs> I think I was the dip in this situation. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, so anyway, funny. if you guys are at the casino and you see Rachel, <laughs> just tell her to come home. Tell That's her like to come a, home. It's a dream come true. I'd wear like bright purple shoes. I'd and dye a, my hair pink. Be an old lady smoking a cigarette. And a green visor, like the old yes, uh, dealer. Like the, yeah, like the clear ones, you know. Yeah. Uh, yes, like a dream come true. <laughs> it's not. It's not. But it's funny. Uh, and a T-shirt that says dot to dot. <laughs> <laughs> if you missed that episode, go back a couple about the, the last dot two to episodes. Dot. I think we both joked about dot to dot. <laughs> All right, folks, be encouraged. It is a hard time. If you're anxious, that is normal. Go tell someone you love and who loves you and who will not critique you but will encourage you. And go encourage someone and tell them what a good job they're doing because this is hard. This is, uh, yeah. Rachel, thank you for your honesty and your vulnerability. I can't say that word, vulnerability, (laughs) because I don't know what it means. Um, And thank you for working on the farm. Hey, thank you for working on the farm. Check ya.